Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery Jr., and with me this week, coming to you live from Sexyville, are my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, then now forever, C. Kane Joe Rodermel. Sexing up your Halloween one outfit at a time. <laughs> yes, you are. And Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. You've been practicing. I So here's the thing. I didn't practice, but I definitely me- was mentally prepping myself <laughs> this whole time we were getting ready because I knew I wanted to get it in there. Wasn't really confident I was going to do it, but... You pulled it off. I did. Now it's two weeks before I do it again, so let's see in two weeks if I can nail it a second time. But it was definitely better than my previous attempts Yeah. at saying we're coming to you live from Sexyville. Proud of myself at the start of this episode. It's good we're starting on this high note. All Systems Joe. Yeah, All Systems Joe. It is very good we're starting on a high note because, as we just said, I have not really gotten to watch anything this week. Joseph was telling me he didn't really get a chance to watch much. Alo, you said you didn't really get a chance to watch much. <laughs> I put together a little bit. I mean, a I, little bit. You, not, you, not as much as I usually get. Some but, patchwork. Yeah, I did some patchwork. <laughs> okay. You know. Uh, well, you didn't miss anything really because uh, I I started watching Raw and I think I went to the gym around ten or nine thirty or something like that. But my guy, but if I got home to check on like YouTube clips to see what happened, nothing happened. So you didn't really miss anything at all so monday night i did because i thought there finn balor heel turn i mean <laughs> yeah on, on wednesday but other than that n- nothing really happened except except like the whole bob and lana thing like i said that's the so story. yeah nothing happened and rusev's <laughs> arrested there's there's no way anyone could convince me that anything happening with lana and bob is entertaining or interesting <laughs> i have a feeling bob's not really packing a lot yeah. <laughs> just saying. He overcompensates just your, a lot. Just, your just, gut just, just my gut feeling, you know? You can sort of tell. You can sort of yeah, tell the type. That usually is a, uh, a telltale sign when you're overcompensating. I wonder what kind of car Bob drives. Probably the biggest Hummer in the world. <laughs> <laughs> the world military grade. Military Humvee. grade with like 90 inch wheels. <laughs> I could see it. Uh, so I guess the first thing that I want to mention this week is we talked last week I would say at length about like viewership and this feeling that kind of swelled up in the entertainment community that like wrestling was back and like this idea that like maybe it's not maybe that was a little bit overhyped uh, I think Joseph you might have made the uh, might have made the argument if I remember correctly that it's not that it's not popular, but it's like the viewership is down because the viewers are now so split. It's not that people are just turning away from wrestling as a whole. They've just found the one they want to watch. Yeah, they've kind of dug in and niched their particular market. Yes. Uh, but SmackDown already, from that just under 4 million viewers on their debut on Fox, this week was down to a very Raw-like 2.44 million viewers. Like, that is... Not good. Now, obviously, they're not in trouble with Fox. Fox just spent a whole lot of money to get WWE programming. 
and obviously it's early. But and the Fox robot really likes wrestling. Fox robot loves it. <laughs> he does like wrestling. <laughs> the uh, and that's clearly who's in charge at Fox is that robot. But yeah, did did either of you think within less than a month, SmackDown on Friday nights on Fox would be getting basically the same rating as Raw? No. Um, I think you'd have a little steam. Yeah, well, well, remember last week we also talked about. Well, by the way, to to talk to go back on last week. Last week's discussion about that was great. Listening back to it, so uh, I said also said last week I expected SmackDown number to be up anyway because it's on Fox, so you're going to get a few extra hundred thousand viewers in there. But and we also talked about a few weeks before and last week about it's just about the same two point three, two point two million people that are going to watch this stuff on the weekend. But I think it's also. Uh, also, a big deal that SmackDown is actually, it's actually getting that number on a Friday night, let, a, let alone it just be wrestling. Yeah, I think I just felt like, for like to feel like it was a success, I thought on Fox they should probably be doing $3 million. I guess the Friday night thing you do have to take into consideration. Depends what's happening on a Friday night. Right. But, like, so they did $2.44 million. Raw did $2.34 million. And the Wednesday Night Wars, which, what did I call it last week, a water gun fight? Mm -hmm. Something along those lines. AEW dipped below a million viewers for the first time. They got 963,000 viewers. And SmackDown dipped below 700,000. They got 698,000 viewers. So that... That's a big uh, discrepancy there. Yeah. Oh, well, see, AEW is killing NXT in the ratings, but... Like, their viewership, they've already lost half a million viewers pretty much since the first week. Um, And that's basically like 1.6 million viewers total on Wednesday night between those two shows. I don't know, I I think that that's like further vindication of what we talked about last week is like, it's just popular with the people it's popular with and they have not done anything to win anyone over. Do you think there is anyone capable, any promotion out there right now, that is truly capable of getting someone outside of this two and a half million lunatics that are watching, clearly no matter what. Like, is there anyone you see that has the potential to, like, grab the people who aren't interested anymore? Or do you Um, think they are left? Like, these are the people that are left. I think these are the people that are left. A lot of people are speculating because CM Punk, remember he said, he'll never wrestle again. Now he's saying he's open to it. <laughs> or whatever. So, so a lot of people will say CM Punk, but I don't even know if CM Punk even gives you an extra million or million and a half viewers. So He'd, g- he'd give you initial spike. Uh, would there be any longevity oh, to that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there'd be any longevity to it at all, but it's it's just us, two, us 2.4 4 million people watching the same stuff on a weekly basis. Yeah, so here's here's something that I, I was kind of disappointed in myself for forgetting to bring up. But regardless of all the talk, like TV Guide saying wrestling is back and seeing wrestling advertised on billboards all around Philadelphia and seeing it advertised on Fox NFL Sunday and seeing it advertised on NBA, like NBA like TNT product. Like, clearly all of these companies want there to be this huge wrestling following and want there to be this boom period again, and they all want there to be 5 million people who love wrestling or 10 million people who love wrestling again. Is it time for everyone to realize this is what it is? It is a niche uh, product with a niche audience, and they should actually start 
focusing on on it like that's what it is. And actually, this, if anything, I was maybe a little bit overly critical of AEW last week because of my feeling that they weren't actually doing anything different. But maybe AEW has the right idea in that they are trying to make their product for these people. Like, they are not necessarily trying to win me over by saying, this guy's disgusted with WWE because it's not entertaining enough. We're going to give him the entertainment he wants. But for the people who watch Raw and will never stop watching it, like, I'm clearly not the, the diehard fan that they're going for because, like, I have tuned out of it. But AEW, I feel like, has done the smart thing, and they are focusing on that niche audience, whereas WWE is still flailing to pretend like they're mainstream when they're not. Do you think that will benefit AEW in the long run, that they already are focusing on the maniacs who are going to watch, whereas WWE is too concerned with people they're never going to win back? Oof. Um, it's it's hard, kind of hard for me to answer that because, like like we talked about you, a few weeks ago, you asked me the question about AEW becoming mainstream or whatever. But even though... The nine hundred thousand, the nine hundred was it nine fifty nine? Nine sixty three. Nine sixty three. They got this week. That was still was it fourth in the yeah. ratings this week. So that was it's still a highly rated show. But like I said, over time, you'll get the celebrities and things that come to these shows, and of course, you have to show them off. And just like any other company does, like for example, WWE, we might make fun of them about how thirsty they are and how they promote their stuff, but they put. You can't say anything negative about their promotion and the way they handle things. They handle it better than anybody I probably you'll probably ever see in the world. But they're not wrong for trying to get that audience because that's the audience that they always drew to drew got anyway. And same thing with NXT, but AEW is just so much so much newer. So that I don't think it's a problem at all. It's just can they continue to be in the top five on a week-to-week basis and crack a million viewers with that type of product. Yeah, see, I I personally think WWE would be best served to realize, at least with their Monday and Friday shows, these are the people who are watching. We should start doing a show that these people like. Because whatever it is they're doing, it's not working for anyone outside of those people. So, Joseph, what would you rather see? Would you rather see WWE make a show that caters to people like you and Alo, Like, be more along the lines of AEW? Or do you think they should be... I guess I'm not even probably phrasing this question right. I think, obviously, you should always want your show to be appealing to the most viewers possible. Well, that's, that's always going to be the goal. That's any business. You're, 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 any business that runs and is successful idealistically grows, and they grow incrementally, or they grow over the course of years, months, et cetera, et cetera. That's it's going to be any business's goal. That's just simple business. That's simple math. You don't have to have a degree to know that, mm-hmm. although I do. Um, <laughs> That's just the goal. Humble brag. Yeah, right well, there. that's humble brag. <laughs> that's just the goal. So you're always going to be pushing for more. Um, you're going to get some more viewership, more audience, more merch sold. That's just just the way it's always going to be. Could they could they narrow down um, some of the, some of their their product a little more? Could they could they try to do a little less? Yeah, and make it a better product. Um, I don't think a lot of it's an issue of of not like of 
targeting two different, too many different groups. I think a lot of it's just a poor planning on WWE's part, thinking they're good enough to throw any garbage out there and say, we're going to keep our fan base. Yeah, you just hit on kind of where my train of thought was going as I was asking the question, realizing I'm phrasing this wrong. I don't think they're wrong for trying to target a mainstream audience. But where the problem comes in is they're not good at executing that. Like they oh, don't, I, I got something to they say. don't do anything that appeals to a mainstream audience. And then the stuff they're doing that doesn't appeal to a mainstream audience is in turn insulting the people who are <coughs> tuning in every week. So it's like this vicious... Catch 22. Yeah, it's like this vicious cycle of like, we're pissing off the people that are watching and we're pissing them off by doing things that nobody else gives a shit about anyway. What were you going to say, Alo? Yeah, because last week you talked about how AEW just being wrestling isn't for you. And it's not really... It's kind of the same way for me because me and you, I think, I believe me and you and Joey watch the same way for the most part. But me and Joey have been trying to tell you and convince you for since the summer now that <laughs> WWE, from an in ring perspective, has been excellent. Right. And I'll take any WWE pay per view from the summer except and put it against any AEW show except for Double or Nothing. I think Double or Nothing was better than any WWE pay per view they put out all summer. But the other ones, are like I'll take I prefer most of WWE like SummerSlam I'll take SummerSlam over All Out I'll take Extreme Rules over Fighter Fest and whatever and Stomping Ground versus Fight for the Fall and I'm about to look at it again but I will rival anything WWE is doing to AEW but like you just said it's just the the cringy and terrible creative that makes WWE look like crap because and also the longevity of some of these guys is how many times you're going to see Dolph Ziggler fight the same guy or Randy Orton. That's also what AW brings is the whole unpredictability factor because all these guys are new to you. So half the time you don't know who's going to win unless it's the, unless you know that that person's a bigger name. WWE, if you see Randy Orton face Ali, you're going to assume Randy Orton's going to win. So that's what AW has going for it is the fact that they haven't been around for a long time. But it's a WWE, they just put on terrible cringeworthy creative and that's that's just really been the difference yeah and, and it's unfortunate uh so the the thing i've been most interested in with wwe has been the fiend and we i think we had a good conversation last week about seth burning it down i threw out a few of my theories where i think we all agreed i probably was thinking deeper into it than wwe itself yeah you was. had a couple of hits at yeah. in that week. <laughs> um did they address that at all this week? He's going to be on SmackDown for Firefly Funhouse. So on Raw this week, they did not discuss it, and it was not discussed on they, SmackDown. They kind of give vignettes Friday. to it. They didn't really go into depth with it. But really, the vignettes were basically just telling you what happened. Yeah, now, rehashing. Now, I did see that Seth had tweeted about it, and one of the tweets was, I think one of the tweets was, this may not be an exact quote, was like, what choice did I have? And, like, to me, that, that led a little bit into one of my theories of, like, what if Seth is not fully Seth anymore? Like, what if whatever split Bray and The Fiend, like, is starting to happen to Seth? I don't know. I guess that, like, there's nothing really to talk about if they didn't go any further into it. Um, not until Friday night. Yeah. So, in 24 hours, we may know something, but our show will already be out there. Is there anything else happening on either of these two shows that, like, matters at all, that is interesting at all? Like, Joey, you said you, you patched together some stuff that you watched this week. 
what did you watch in like the main roster WWE product? I mean, uh, like I said, I, I didn't get it to a whole to a whole lot. I mean, you're talking Monday Night Raw. Not too much happened, like Alo said. Um, they keep pushing this crown jewel pay per view, which I could, I you could take, you could take that and pack it away. I don't mm-hmm. care if, I, if it ever comes out or anything like that. Yeah. Team Hogan, <laughs> Team Flair, um, you know, Flair come out and things like that. Eh. It's not keeping my interest right now. So again, I was in and out. So, of of what you watched, there was nothing of interest on WWE. Not prime interest, no. And Alo, you anything main? I know you said you looked at YouTube and you said you saw no, literally nothing. <laughs> no, there was nothing at all because, like Joey said, they're talking about this crown jewel thing. So Galloway made his return. He'll, he's going to be on Team Flair. Uh, and you didn't Seth, get excited about that? No, I did not. <laughs> on Team Richard, but uh, Team yes, Richard. Yes, Rollins. He went one on one with one on one with uh, Roberto. Uh, what the hell? The his Undertaker. Name? <laughs> the Undertaker player. <laughs> What's his name? Carillo. Alberto Carillo. He put him, Seth Rollins went one on one with him. He he had a good showing in that match. I thought they really Seth really shined him up. But apparently like Vince, said, oh, Vince is a fan of Carillo. Yeah, I uh, say his name. Yes, yeah, uh, Andrade got shined up, but again, Sin Cara of all people, they dug him up from somewhere. But nothing's really, nothing really happened. They, you know, they just stagnant until. Crown Jewel happens. Speaking of the same narrative where WWE gets in the same vicious cycle, i.e. Dolph, I mean, how many times are they going to make or have Andrade shine just to kind of push him in the background again? Right. Yeah. Like, And I, I kind of gotten to the point where I don't even like talking about quote-unquote 50-50 booking anymore because that's just like such a, a buzzword that everybody talks about. But it's kind of what... I'm not talking about 50-50 booking here, but this is kind of their thing that they do. They they start to build someone up, and then they, like, stop it themselves. Like, they, they've done it with The Fiend. Yeah, Like, they already. built this thing up, and now it's already where, like, half of the people that were excited about it are like, oh, well, they're ruining it. Yeah, and that, and when he, him and Seth face his falls count anywhere, and they put a they put a, a headline in the, the graphic, there must be a winner. Yeah. Amazing that this is this is the corner you've painted yourself in, where you're a wrestling company and you feel the need to tell your viewers, some we promise you somebody is going to win. Like you shouldn't have to promise me that somebody's going to win. Like there, it should be a given that there's going to be a resolution. Uh, but yeah, like Andrade has so many times gotten like built to a certain level and then it I feel stops. like yeah, I feel like he's gonna keep yeah. moving and then just. Pull, pull the rug out. Joey like, mentioned Ziggler. Same thing. It's like he gets to a certain yep. point and then it stops. Like we've seen yeah. it with Sasha Banks. She gets to a certain point and stops. And it happens with just about everyone. Um, I mean, uh, OC, Street Profits kind of promos were fun or a little bit entertaining. Um, still just trying to stretch for... <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing's moving forward. And like Joey's stretching way more than I could at this point. <laughs> Because there was like nothing there. Kevin Owens, uh, he helped Street Profits beat OC. So Kevin Owens versus AJ is probably the next thing for for AJ for the US title, but nothing happened. And, and squash I, I, match for Alistair Black. Yeah, even on SmackDown. I'm just I'm just all in on Rebellious Bailey. She did wear she did wear the leather jacket this week. Mm-hmm. We just Not need she, that cigarette. Yes. Uh 
You would think. My fair alarm, she said, on SmackDown, (laughs) I've I've outgrown you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I did love that she quoted, life sucks and And then you you die. die. Which is, as much as I can't stand Vince anymore, I can't unenjoy all the things that I enjoyed of Vince over the years and any t- type of callback like that you get. Like, I have to, to appreciate it. Especially mm-hmm. coming from Bailey, who's like the antithesis of what Mr. McMahon was. Like, you almost yeah. can't get more opposite than that. Yeah. In a way, Sasha, how, how, Sasha, how proud Sasha was. It was so <laughs> funny. She was so happy. Proud mom moment. <laughs> uh, I do find my Tuesday nights a little lonely nowadays. I mean... I get to watch The Flash live, so that, that's a plus. But other than that, I'm like, oh, oh nothing to watch. It is weird, right? Like, even though I haven't been watching, it's weird to, like, know, like, oh, that's that's not on. Yeah, it is. Like, and it's it's fun, especially funny because it's not like SmackDown is, like, synonymous with Tuesday nights. Like, it really was never on Tuesday nights until more recently. But it just became, like... Force of habit. That thing of, like, every Monday and Tuesday, they're punching you in the face with programming. But you would think, like, to me, this is shameful, and this is why I have to laugh every time WWE paints themselves as this world-class company. They just are starting these two new deals, like the new huge deal with USA and the new huge deal with Fox, and they just have this whole thing where Fox and USA took... I know this wasn't part of the draft, but, like, they took part in choosing which members of the roster they wanted on their shows, on their network. You would think WWE would be prepared with actual, like, good content for this period, like this period where it's like... Like to have it running, like a program, yeah. Yeah, and you guys are telling me three weeks into this, oh, yeah, they have nothing really going on. Like, that. that's fucking embarrassing that you get to this point and you don't have something going on that anyone cares about and like and you two are probably two of the more optimistic wrestling fans that i've met like where you want to like it and you want like you want it to be good you don't want to shit on it and you guys are both saying like yeah nothing there's really nothing like i think a big part of the problem is just the the overabundance of pay-per-views or like this crown jewel coming up is just a glorified house show so you're propping that up. You give no time to develop stories and build up and get any interest for your next pay-per-view because you're, again, just throwing fillers out there. Yeah. Yeah, and like Joey said, they're, they're doing this million, this billion-dollar house show, and everything's getting built towards that, and that's really – that's not looked at as really anything because, like, we don't watch that crap. <laughs> so it's just like after Crown Jewel, you'll, you'll move, move forward towards Survivor Series and you'll get the brand versus brand thing, which I am looking forward to this year because there's actually like network versus network. Like, I would love if there are Fox and USA execs in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Show them in the rooms, like cheer, put money down. Like, it's like, a- no, 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 no. I want them like front row. I, like, I want them to, like, I want them to get like a bunch of indie wrestlers as the executives and they just have a brawl. <laughs> that works too. I was thinking more of the Chinese band with smoke in the air. They're all yelling and screaming at each other, throwing money down. Uh, yeah, oh yeah n- nothing's like really moving forward. But I, I, the only thing I'm really looking forward to in WWE is, is Rebellious Bailey. Yeah. So, yeah, to me, that's shameful that you get these billion dollar deals and you're just starting them and you're just starting on a new network and you have. Like, nothing to put out there. Uh, so we'll move on from, from main roster product since we don't have much to talk about. Uh, 
we'll move on to Wednesday night. Now, we, we already discussed, like, the viewership numbers going down. This is kind of, like, what I – about what I predicted the first week. Like, I thought that $1.4 million was going to be the high watermark for the first year, and it has dipped every week, and we're finally under a million. Now, I had given my word last week that NXT had announced something that would actually make me tune in to watch live, which was Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley. Obviously, I'm very much on record as a huge supporter of Bianca Belair. I think she's great. I think her character is great. She's somebody that like I want to see them push because I think there are a lot of little girls and a lot of young kids that could see somebody like her and like draw inspiration from her. Um, and I think Rhea Ripley is awesome. She's got a great look. Yeah, like I like the look. I like how they repackaged her. I like mm-hmm. her attitude. And she, I mean, just watching her in the uh, May Young Classic, she's good in in ring. Yeah, and like super young and like still developing and and growing as a performer. So like two people, I'm very excited about. I did watch the match. I re- I really enjoyed it. My guess is I probably enjoyed it more than like the average fan that was watching on Wednesday night. I didn't see any feedback on it or anything anyone said about it. But I thought it was, like, pretty hard-hitting. I thought it was really physical. Uh, Rhea Ripley got the win, and she's now next in line for Shayna Baszler. Maybe she's the one that they've been grooming to uh, take that title from her. I don't know if that's the case, but it feels like maybe. Um, But I didn't watch anything else on Wednesday. Uh, I I did want to make a point to watch that because I, I had said I would last week, and I wanted to live up to my word. And you did. You're a man of your word. I did. I really try to be. And Alo, uh, your cleavage is looking lovely this evening. <laughs> he got a little bit of the razor, chest hair coming out. Oozing machismo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alo, did you watch any NXT or AEW? I, I watched AEW before uh, we started recording. I watched it on demand. Um, it was... It was okay this week. Uh, they finally actually have something like moving forward because, like I said, like we talked about last week, AEW's just been basically wrestling. And, you know, we, I need more than just the wrestling. So they actually moved, they're finally moving forward this Jericho and Cody thing. I, 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 I posted the clip, so I know you probably saw it when uh, Cody punched the, yes. the, um, the door, the glass glass from the door. So basically, Cody, uh, MJF, Dustin, and DDP. They went. Jericho was in a the suite in the arena. So when Cody's cutting his promo, Jericho's doing this. Jericho in the inner circle. They're blowing this blowhorn <laughs> while Cody's trying to talk. Just and distracting before, him. Yeah. <laughs> but before I forget, Sammy Guevara. He's terrible. <laughs> 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 they were in the suite drinking bubbly. He has this leather jacket with no shirt. Like, go, go away. Um, <laughs> I had to wonder if that was real bubbly. It was <laughs> staged. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like he looks real underage to be drinking that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So they go up to the they go up to the suite. Cody punches the punches the glass that glass and they fight in the um, the concession area. And Cody Cody in WWE style. Cody gets arrested. Really? He got arrested? Yes, he gets arrested by security. Well, because uh, Jericho had tickets. Mm. Yeah, he so was, Jericho... He was a paying fan. Yeah, <laughs> and the thing that you say, you need to see this, because this was amazing. So, like, after... So, like, so after I wanted Cody, to. It's funny, because... So, I had about 25 minutes before I knew, like, I had to be here to record in Sexyville. 
And I was like, all right, I want to watch a couple things. So one thing I looked for was if there was anything addressed on the Firefly Funhouse. Found nothing. Uh, then I wanted to watch this segment, and I couldn't find that on YouTube either. So I wanted to watch it. I will watch it when I can find it. Uh, but continue. Yeah, so Jericho and the inner story, they get destroyed. And <laughs> Jericho's yelling to security when they take hold. He's like, I have a ticket. <laughs> I have a ticket. <laughs> the whole t- his face is perfect. Uh, he just keeps yelling this for, for like two minutes. It was so good. Is I have a ticket going to take off now? Yes. Oh, and then MJF had a scarf on when he came out. Yeah, it's like, who wears a and scarf, you idiot? Jericho says, who wears a scarf? <laughs> well, he got the scarf over himself. <laughs> He's the best. There <laughs> so is good. there is no one better. There is no one that has ever been better. He is the greatest of so, all time. The fact so that good. he is and he is aging like a fine Italian wine. <laughs> it was just convenient that he had that scarf because Cody had to use that to punch through the glass to yeah. get to Jericho. Yeah, it was it was so good. Like oh, like I laughed so hard. Like that that killed me. But you know Who what though? Like uh, so, I'm glad that this came up, and I'm glad that you had posted that because like. So the first two weeks, I watched AEW live. Like, wanted to make a point to do it. Then the third week, I didn't get a chance to. I don't remember what I was doing. But I did watch the full show on demand. So, like, the first week I didn't watch live, I was seeing, like, some stuff, like, on social media. And it's all, like, segments from a match, which I'm like, ah, could could take it or leave it. Doesn't matter. Um, But that, that clip where you see Jericho on the other side of the glass, and you see Cody punch through it, and it spills out into the concourse. My first reaction was, like, I need to see this whole yeah. thing. Like, that is the type of stuff that I'm looking for. Like, And I'm not saying I don't want to see good wrestling, because if I'm going to watch wrestling, I'd like it to be good. But what I'm saying is, like, do, do more than that. And this type of stuff, I talked about the Cody uh, vignette they had last week that I thought was excellent. Like, that... Like that, that image of Jericho behind the glass and Cody punching through it, like immediately, like captured my attention. Yeah. So AEW is starting to 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 do some like TV stuff. Yeah. Which is what yeah. they need to do. Yeah, because when I saw that, I was like, okay, maybe we're gonna get a lot more TV stuff this week. So the Bucks, they they won their tag team match, and they're gonna they accepted uh, Ortiz and Santana's match challenge at a uh, full gear. So we got that. Um, Moxley and Pac, they went to a, a time limit draw. Uh, uh, Kenny Omega and Janela, they followed up from their AEW dark match a few weeks ago. And the tag finals the next week is Lucha Brothers versus SCU. Which should be a really good match. Yeah. yeah. So so they're, they're slowly but surely moving along. And Cody knocked – and um, Brandy, she – during a backstage segment, uh, I forgot the, the girl that uh, Britt Baker faced, but Brandy knocked her out during a backstage interview but so we we might we got a small little backstage segment but i think i need a little, need a little bit more of that yeah. so brandy didn't say anything she just pushed it down and just walked away hmm. and one, one thing alo I, I don't think you mentioned i didn't hear you mention is uh cody threw a little jab at a wwe as well again yes. in this segment what did he say yes he was on the mic and like you said jericho was egging him on and kind of messing with him from the ring and he was up mm-hmm. in the rafters and Cody said, "This isn't like the other company that we work that we worked for, and I have to pretend there's a wall, a magnetic wall in front of me right here." <laughs> oh, so, stepped out of the ring. So that's how it started: was Jericho egging him on from the back, and he left the ring to go. Yeah, yeah. They were up in the up in the stands, like in the box, on the press box. 
Okay, so Cody actually addressed, I don't have to just stay here. Because that's one yeah. of the things that has always driven me crazy. Yeah. It's like, I'll just keep yelling at you from the ring, but I won't go yeah. after you. So, see, that make, that makes me even happier that that's the way that it was portrayed. Now, Joseph, I have a question for you. I remember, I think last week I asked you if there's, like, one of these Wednesday shows you're gravitating towards more than the other. And you, I think what you said was that you have probably been watching a little more NXT because they've been giving you a little bit more of, like, the matches that you want to see and, and stuff like that. So, obviously, we now have another week of both shows. I don't know how much of AEW you watched. I don't know how much of NXT you watched. Do you do you think this week you kind of fell in line with the same thing? It was more of an NXT week, or do you feel like you actually this week, gravitated this more week to This week I was AEW? probably gravitating more to AEW this week. Um, just some of the matches. I mean, again, the tag team matches were, were, were fun to watch with the Lucha Brothers, always good. The uh, um, SCU was, was, was a good match as well. I mean, those two... Really fine matches. Um, I did switch back. I'm, I'm re- having a real. I, I like watching Matt Riddle. I think he's really fun to watch. I don't know how I feel about the original bro, <laughs> but in ring he's awesome. But um, outside of that, I think I was more gravitated to AEW. Like I said, the you talked about Rhea Ripley, Bronky Blair. That was fun too. Um, and then I guess the other, the other, um, the other thing I want to know is. This is kind of a follow-up to you talking about the idea of fans now having so many different options. They can kind of choose the ones they want. That, that and we live in a society now where everything is either recorded or you can go on YouTube and watch it. Nothing is watch it now because it's on. It's just not the society we live in with Netflix and Fire Sticks and Hulu. That's just the nature of the beast. People can watch what they want when they want. Yeah, so like, so this is my question to you then because that's what exactly what I was going to relate it to. As we were discussing this, I started to think this, like you said, there may be three million people in the world, in the United States, who love wrestling. And now those three million people are are divided between Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, uh, Impact, uh, what else is there? I know know there's other stuff, but that's... Yeah, like they can all choose these things. Do you, like, do you see yourself as a fan of like let's say one year from now do you see yourself like digging in on one particular brand or do you see yourself being kind of like the a la carte i'll watch this here i'll watch this there like what would you rather be would you rather have like one show that you really love or would you rather be able to kind of sit back and say i don't have to fully invest in any of these i'll just pick a little bit of what i like from every one probably the latter of the two i'd probably like to pick you know i'm, I'm looking at a buffet style walking down the line <laughs> get my list and all that sticking my head under the sneeze glass see would that be more my style but i mean i always have and always will have tendencies to have wrestlers that i really need to, to see so you would be like the golden corral style wrestler. yeah definitely <laughs> ill <laughs> the old country buffet wrestling uh. fan it's very well put yeah bob's big boy wrestling i'm trying to think of any other uh Kind of buffet style. The Sizzler wrestling fan. The I can't Sizzler, think of any other buffets. Yeah, that's how I kind of relate to my wrestling. I mean, again, there's always going to be elements that I want to see. So, yeah, I'm not going to kind of just say this is what I have to watch. I mean, it's the same thing with any sports. I'll watch anything that's on that, that caps my captivates my interest or catches me, my attention. So it's the same way I watch my wrestling. I mean, again, I, for years it's been strictly – or should I say, not strictly more WWE, but um, that that'll expand more with with the product that they're putting out there. Right. So, 
I guess Alo, like I'll I'll direct kind of that same question at you of like now there are all these different options. Um you don't have to watch stuff live, like you could watch anything on demand, you could DVR anything and watch it later when you want to. Would you prefer to say like I love Raw and SmackDown and I'm a diehard fan of those two? I'm a diehard fan of AEW. I'm going to watch that every week. I'm a diehard fan of NXT. I'm going to watch that every week. Would you prefer to have, like, this is the night I watch wrestling. This is the show I watch. These are the guys that I'm interested in. And you fully invest in that. Or would you rather do that, like, take a step back and choose what you want, you know, that's appealing to you at the time from any of these options? Well, I'll be behind Joey, but not at the Golden Corral. <laughs> Too much diarrhea? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Golden Corral is terrible. But, uh, yeah, uh, like I said, I, I even do that now. Like, even how um, when you stop watching, how we kind of adjusted the show, you know. We don't technically have to sit through all three hours anymore. Um, it's like you guys talked about with Hulu and – stuff like in streaming services ways to watch it and you can only pinpoint you you can pinpoint what you want to see like if Sasha Banks has a whole segment you could find that segment somewhere and just watch that segment and just see what else happened and we might we might not even talk about what else everything else that happened unless somebody specifically wants to bring it up but that's how I just been that's how I've been taking it in lately just picking out what I want to see for Raw Smackdown AW like I had to sit through it today because Files doesn't allow you to fast forward it, so I couldn't fast forward it. But there's like things from everything that I like to pick and choose. Trimming the fat a little bit. Yeah. Pick what so, I, you, so you actually do prefer that that you can kind of watch how you want to watch it. Yeah. As like, opposed to like, or would it be better for you if Raw was so good that you had to watch the whole thing? Well, R- Raw is, is basically a routine because there's nothing really going on on Mondays. Anyway, like except for Monday Night Football, and if the birds, are, if the Eagles aren't playing, I'm not really going to pay attention to it so much. So Raw's just. I don't think the Eagles are playing at all this season. <laughs> I, I don't think so either. But that's a whole other. <laughs> that's a whole other story for another day. But nothing else is really going on. So it's like watching TV. I'll watching TV. I'll throw Raw on. So it's just on, you know. And even if I watch the first two hours of it. I'll take something from that two hours. Everything else just might go over my head. I don't care about it. But if it's somebody I'm into, I'll, wa- I'll watch it right there. Same um, SmackDown doesn't like, come on Tuesdays anymore, but SmackDown was the same way. In AEW, I've been sitting through that because it's new, and I don't want to really miss anything. So it's interesting, though, that we're having this conversation because maybe Vince Russo was a little ahead of his time because I know – that you've heard him say this before. He talks about himself, and I believe was the guy's name Ed Ferrara. That was his uh-huh. co-writer back in the day. He and he famously says this all the time: that himself and Ed would sit down and write raw as if they were a TV viewer holding the remote control in their hand. And what do we have to put in this show to keep them from changing the channel? It's almost like that's what wrestling has become, where they're all now competing for us as viewers. Like Joey, you. you you said it a few times that, like, I'll tur- turn on NXT, and if they have Matt Riddle on, I'll leave that on. Or, you know, AEW, if you see Jericho, maybe you'll leave that on. Now all of these shows kind of have to think about how do we get these eyes. How do we keep like, them captivated? How do yes. we keep them here? But it may it may be a losing battle because we all – like, I feel like we've all gotten spoiled as viewers. Where, like, if I have a show that I want to watch – 
and it's a Netflix original show, I can watch all 10 episodes in one sitting and be done with it. I don't have to wait a week for the next one. I don't have to... Most people don't. <laughs> right. Like, you just get to, to sit there and watch the whole thing. We have so many things catered to us now that I don't think many people are left who are going to say, I'm, I'm an AEW loyalist, and I'm just going to watch all two hours of AEW every week. I think most people probably tune in for what they want to tune in for and yeah, then tune into something else. that's just viewership. I mean, it's not good. I mean, I'm going to lose more sponsorship. We already lost Golden Corral, thanks. Yeah. To <laughs> but, I mean... Yeah, through, that bridge is burned. Sitting through commercials <laughs> is painful at times. So, I mean, you could just kind of avoid that by being able to cater or cut your, 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 viewer, your viewing the way you want it. Yeah. So, I guess the other question I'll ask the two of you, this is just a general viewership question, and Ayla, I'll start with you this time. Uh, and we'll we'll take Wednesday nights. You know what? We'll take any of these nights. Give me like two things that you feel like you need to tune in live for. That you don't necessarily want to watch it on demand. You don't want to watch it on DVR later. Like, what are what are two things that you feel like I need to see when it happens? If if there even are two. As far as like matches or people, anything like just something that you're like I need to see that when it happens. Um, nowadays, it's not much. <laughs> like, I would say probably a pay-per-view main event, like a, a built-up pay-per-view match. But other than that, there's nothing I really got to see. Cause so as far as just like any of these weekly shows, there's nothing that you're like, that I don't want to miss. No. And Joey, anything for you that you're like, if I'm flipping the channels to all these different wrestling shows, like, if this is on, I need to see it. Is there any wrestler, like... I mean, there's always going to be those wrestlers. I love watching AJ in the ring. Um, Daniel Bryan's back to face status right now, and I think that makes him more interesting from my standpoint as far as how they use him or how he can be used, um, being a Daniel Bryan fan. Um, I like Aleister Black right now. Uh, they're not really using him um, the way I'd like to see him, but he's kind of a guy that ca- that gets me in. The, like I talked about earlier, Matt Riddle on on their uh, NXT is fun. Okay, so like you do have a few, like a handful of things. You're yeah, like, yeah like, that's on. I that's on. I'm watching it. So for yeah, like me, like, like if okay. I have Sasha Banks come on, I'm I glued. But she's on Fridays now. Same same with Carmelo, of course. But um, <laughs> it's there's not much because like. Like, Joey likes all those guys. Too. I like those guys, too. But there's nothing – like, right now, as of now, there's nothing going on. Storyline-wise, no. They're not really kind of doing anything to say, yeah, turn, turn, tune into it. You might just catch it. Yeah, like, the only thing I can say that I can't that, – that was compelling, and you could attest to this, Patch, is the funhouse. Yeah. And now it's kind of like – burned it down it's teetering a little bit where i'm like i don't know where they're going i don't know what they're doing i don't know if like a month from now we're gonna say like oh it's like it could be over for all we like for all we know you know uh for me so i would say the the two things for me that i would like i want to be seeing that when it happens one would be anything with jericho because we don't really know how long like these guys obviously typically don't have full-time careers like into their 50s and 60s. So who knows how long he's going to be doing what he's doing. But I feel like I want to be able to like really enjoy every minute that we get to watch him do this now, like before he's done. Um, Soak it in. 
really drink it in, man. Like drink it in, man. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel because, and I think this goes to I've talked about it on the show a few times when he when he used to come back like in that 2010 to 2014 range. I was never really all that interested because it was like that isn't my Jericho anymore. He's got the Bon Jovi short haircut. He's wearing the trunks now instead of the long tights. Like this is not my Jericho anymore. And you're not as in, like I almost looked at him. It's like he's Fozzie Jericho. He's not Y2J anymore. And then he came back and did the Rudy Tooty Booty promo, and it was like, oh my god, like there he is, Chris. Come on. Well, see that I didn't like. I was like, oh Chris, come on, like. Just stop doing this to yourself. But then literally, like, he comes back the next week, and everything he did from that moment on was gold. Or maybe it was even, I think the Rumble might have been the next week. And he had, like, a 55-minute run in the Rumble match that Mm -hmm. year. And then everything he did from that minute forward was amazing. He did the stuff with AJ, and then he had the list, and the gift of Jericho, and drink it in, man. And, like, it was just, like, one thing after another – you know, the the Festival of Friendship, everything this guy did was amazing. Then he eventually goes on to do the Kenny Omega stuff and his run in New Japan and now his stuff with AEW. And it's like, okay, I treasured this guy. He was like the one guy I liked on Nitro. And then I got like that celebration of him coming to WWE and having, like, one of the best debuts of all time. Yeah, it's definitely one of the best be- yeah. debuts. I remember exactly where I was when, mm-hmm. it, when, it, when it broke out, too. Yes, yeah. awesome. same, same here. And then we kind of got to see his career, like, kind of dipped a little bit, and then it, he, like, flourished and had this great run in WWE, and then we kind of stopped appreciating him. And now it's like, okay, this guy's doing maybe the best work he's ever done. He's probably doing the best work of anybody in the industry right now. I want to keep appreciating it as long as I can. So Jericho is one of those things. And the other one I think would be Bianca Belair because I feel like she's at that point where I caught on to Sasha Banks, where she hadn't quite exploded yet. She hadn't quite blown up yet. But when you watched her, you could tell, like, oh, this... It's like going this, somewhere. Yeah, this could be something. And I felt like I was there for, like, when it launched. And I feel like if Bianca Belair could be that... I want to be able to see it happen as opposed to she becomes a star in NXT and then I'm like, oh, let me check this out. I want to actually see it all unfold because we don't get to see new stars really develop and emerge and come to life in front of us that often. Um, Alo, did you watch any of NXT? No. Okay. I, I, I just saw the ending with Balor and I actually think that's a really good idea what they did because there wasn't any dialogue about about it but the way i think it's going to be is i think he's going to they're going to have finn and gargano face each other face off and finn's reason is going to be because finn used to be the heart and soul of nxt and now johnny's the heart and soul of nxt and it's going to be about how the fans embraced him more than more than they embraced jealousy yeah (laughs) do we get the demon probably does the demon even matter anymore? I think so. In NXT, it'll matter because it'll be simplified. I mean, I eventually I'd like to see Balor come back to the WWE. Uh, demon versus the Fiend would be fun. That's down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming like 
I, I just, unfortunately... What kind of staying power The Fiend has? Yeah, like, I, I don't know, and it has nothing to do with, like, Bray or The Fiend itself. It's just, like, I don't know what they're planning to do. Like, Dan, for all we know, they could have him going and lose to Seth again. We know like, WWE writing. I'm sure they don't know what they do. They don't. To do. I don't think that they do. Uh... Do either of you have anything else that you feel like needs to be discussed or talked about? Like, because I, I feel like I don't even know what questions to ask. Um, and usually, I at least know what to ask about, and I don't ha- even have anything else to ask about. No, I mean we covered the main points. I think uh, the, the lackluster house show they got coming up. Um, talk about Sasha. Uh, talk about Bailey. Talked about. I mean the man. Hmm. Covered AEW, NXT, SmackDown's looking ahead right now at this point where we're at, but I think we, for the most part we covered what we had to cover. So then I guess this could be our lead-in to, to listener questions, is I have one more question for the two of you. We have uh, SmackDown tomorrow night or tonight for anyone listening to this on Friday, Raw Monday, NXT, and AEW on Wednesday. Of those four shows that we have leading out into the next five days ahead of us. Which one are each of you looking forward to the most? Me, I say SmackDown. Outside of the fact that it's on Friday nights, which is prime Joe drinking time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> SmackDown. <laughs> okay. And Halo, what about you? Of those shows, what like what one are you looking forward to the most in the next five to seven days? Um, probably AEW. For the same reason, just it's like the new thing and you, you want to see it shiny, it grows. Shiny new toy. Yeah, because NXT, like, they didn't – they sparked my interest because because next week on NXT, the women's tag titles are finally going to be on the line. So it'll be Oscar and Kyrie standing against Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. So I'm interested in seeing that. And Finn will probably end up kicking off NXT. Just So I want to hear his reasoning. But other than that – I'll just say I'm looking forward to Wednesday. How about that? Fair enough. Good answer. Uh, Don't fast forward to the through the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that, Joe. Weekend, so Joe's like, see. I'm looking forward to SmackDown because I don't want to rush the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, by the way, uh, friend of the show, Jason Peralta, he uh, he attended NXT Live in Seattle. He sent me some notes. So you'll appreciate this. Okay. The, cr- the Crown Jewel promotional video – this show got massive boos, nuclear yes. heat level. Um, replays of Brock defeating Kofi, massive boos. <laughs> and uh, he gave me some notes from a few matches. Um, Joey, you'll you'll appreciate this. Uh, Damian Priest and Pete defeated Pete Dunn on the house shows. He said to me, I'm sure with everyone else in the crowd, this was the best match of the night. Lots of near falls, counter after counter, kick strikes all over. And a lot, some, so much fan engagement, 50-50 chance for both Dunn and Priest. Um, Sounds fun. Shayna Baszler defeated Dakota Kai by submission. And Undisputed Error, they faced off against Street Profits and Balor. He gave me some notes. Finn Balor got a great pop during his entrance, like a, a swerve earlier in the show. Undisputed Air would dominate the match. Hot tags from both the babyface teams. Montez did a flip off the apron to the Undisputed... Hold on, whoa. Montez did a flip off the apron to Undisputed Era for a nice reaction. This was the Streets Poppets' final tour as NXT Superstars before they officially moved to the main roster on Raw. Post-match promo from Finn putting over 
each of the members of Street Profits. Montez Ford cuts a passionate promo to the crowd and thanked us. Dawkins talks. T- Dawkins takes the mic and reminds the crowd that they will always be NXT and that we are all NXT. So and, it sounds like a fun show. Yeah. So as you're reading that, I'm having like flashbacks to the first time I saw NXT live uh, at the Tower Theater. Um, and it's just amazing to me how much simpler of a time that that was. Yes. Like, really, like seeing Enzo and Cass against um, Blake and Murphy, like to open the show. And then you had, I think it might have been, I think that was the night we might have got the four, the fatal four way with uh, it was. the four horsemen. We had, I think we had a match. It was, Alexa Bliss had a match. I don't remember who with, but we had Owens against Balor. It was just, like, such a fun show, such a fun time, and it's crazy how different. Like, remembering that feeling of that night felt to how I feel when I think about wrestling now. Like, could not be much different. So I'm glad that he got a chance to enjoy the the show. And you know what? I'm sure if I went to an NXT show... I'd probably enjoy it, but how much, like, you gotta love the idea that WWE is, like, cooling off their crowd by showing them stuff that they're gonna hate. <laughs> like I said, promotion, WWE promotional skills 101. I will, I will not, I will never knock them about promotion, but the fact that that gets booed validates our reason for never watching those things. Whatever happened yeah. to the Disciples of Pain? Or, or they've, they've cut promos on Raw. Yeah, but nothing... They haven't wrestled yet. They didn't get drafted either, did they? They're on Raw. But like they didn't they get were, drafted. They were free agents. Yeah, they were like an after-the-fact acquisition. Yeah. They've been kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So do we have any listener questions? Yes. Um, Eric sent one in. All right. He, uh, he says... Wow, what a great time to be a wrestling fan. Great product from AEW, New Japan, NXT, NWA. WWE still puts two weekly shows out, too. <laughs> On another note, seriously, guys, has anyone watched a Warrior match and cried lately? Lately, no. But the last time I did was when we reviewed WrestleMania six, And I watched Warrior and Hogan and... Got sad all over again watching the, the childhood hero meet his demise <laughs> against the warrior. I don't know if I could ever wholly Hi, claim that I cried at a warrior match. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Again, my past is a little muddled. You know? <laughs> but you don't believe you have. Yeah, it was pre-sexy error. <laughs> Everything after that's a blur, but I don't believe I have. I would guess you haven't. I know I definitely cried when Yokozuna crushed the immortal Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and maybe when he... Uh, kicked out of like six elbow drops from macho man <laughs> so good i cried when the warrior passed i mean when they did the whole thing i mean it's just sparked up emotions but i don't know if i cried at an actual match yeah my guess would be no alo how about you no but like you said that whole wrestlemania six thing that always like hogan like trying to no sell it and kick out right away like point to the heavens like you let me down god <laughs> <laughs> that won't, that won't. I'll always get a laugh out of that. But other than that, no. 
has anything like more crazy happened than the fact that because Joey brought up the his death, like that he's absent from the company so long, like estranged from the company for so long, comes back, goes in the Hall of Fame, has that like iconic moment on Raw the night after Mania, and then immediately is just gone. Like, can you was, think of yeah, I can you think it. of anything more like bizarre than that? series of events it's like sometimes you stick around long enough to do what you have to do right (laughs) yeah it's crazy like i still can't get over that how that all played out all right and then we got a question from donovan he asks what do you guys think about boxing and boxing and mma stars integrating in wrestling so i don't have like an issue with them integrating into wrestling but like as a concept but the problem I do have is the idea that they're getting they're getting brought in as if people are going to care. And it's like nobody does because it's not like these guys that are crossing over are stars in MMA and boxing. So it's just like they're just like guys. Yeah. You know, if if this was 1988 and you were bringing Mike Tyson in, sure. If this was 1975 and you're bringing Muhammad Ali in, sure. If this is, you know, 2015 and you're bringing Conor McGregor in, sure. But, like, 2019, like, Cain Velasquez coming in is not making a big difference for you. Tyson Fury is not making a difference. Like, uh, Jack Swagger is not getting more <laughs> eyes on your product. It, so that's like where my problem lies is the idea that these guys are being presented as like a draw or a star. At least we know Jack Swagger could wrestle. Yeah, and, and they're not. So, Joe, do you have any thoughts on on the, the crossovers happening in I mean, combat sports? It depends. I mean, that's a 50-50. Like you said, there there is some precedent. I mean, Ronda Rousey coming over, again, essentially – revitalizing her career <laughs> like she trained hard and she looked good in the ring and she kind of surprised a lot of us in that nature i don't care about that kind of things but using them like you said as a prop to kind of boost I don't, I, i'm not a fan of it I, I could care less about kane velasquez coming down with his dad bod <laughs> um shocking the beast who again it's not interesting to me tyson fury i could care less give or take the guy I, tyson fury Brian Fury, I don't care. <laughs> no, the whole thing just fr- frustrates me because, again, I watch wrestling as a true fan. I'm interested in the storylines and I'm interested in the in-ring work. You're not going to get too interesting. and You're not going to get that on either end for Tyson Fury or Cain Velasquez. I mean, the storyline maybe with Velasquez because of the Brock Lesnar thing, but that that's going to fade quick. Right. Yeah, Alo, how about you? Yeah, like we like – we talked about this last week too. It's like you don't know who these guys are. <laughs> like, if I didn't want, if I listen, if I never listened to first take, I would listen to first takes podcast form format. I wouldn't know who Tyson Fury is. Like, you, you know, I like to bust people's, like, give people a hard time a lot of times. So, my favorite thing uh, is when I see people <coughs> say, "Where's the fight party?" I'll say, "Who's fighting?" Right. <laughs> and they don't even know. Like, they don't know who Triple G is or. Tyson or uh, like said Tyson Fury or I mean Tyson Fury and uh, um, Deontay Wilder they don't know these people because they're not even like 
in the mainstream, like Mike Tyson was like Mike Tyson was like larger than life. He was probably like the biggest thing in all sports at and, the time. Yeah, he was. Yeah, no, and nobody's even come close to that level. Like maybe Conor McGregor in the UFC, but is the UFC as big as boxing? No, and Conor McGregor was around at a time when, like, there's so much television devoted to this stuff. So, like, Mike Tyson, like, if you imagine, like, the star of Mike Tyson with the amount of coverage we get now, like, how massive he would have been. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Social and, media and everything. And Mike Tyson, I would guarantee you, has just about 100% name recognition. If you went up to the street and asked anyone if they know who Mike Tyson is, they would immediately know. In one form or fashion. Yeah. If you asked anyone on the street if they knew who Conor McGregor was, you'd get people that don't. You get, Or you might get people that be like, well, I've heard the name, I've heard of him. But like Mike Tyson, everyone knows who he is. And you, like you may even get like most people even identifying like the face tattoo or like give you specifics about Mike or Tyson. like Screech Powers. People yeah. would know. <laughs> yes. Who yeah. is as a fighter. Screech Powers. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, like, is there some good that can come out of it? Sure. But I don't like the forcing it as if they are a draw or a star when they're not. Because it, it's just not true. And, unfortunately, I feel like that's what they think is happening. Like, oh, we're getting the crossover fan. Like, no, you aren't. Instead, you're just wasting real talent, like people like Drew McIntyre, who should be pushed more to the title scene. Um, other wrestlers that should be pushed more to the title scene, taking a backseat to these crossover guys. Yeah, yeah. So, sure, do it if these guys, because, you know, we've seen guys be successful at it. Like Ken Shamrock, I think one of the more underrated guys of all time. Like, it, it has worked before. Ronda Rousey, even though everybody kind of got tired of her and soured on her after a while, like that first seven, eight months was like, I think most people really enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, so there's there's some positive precedent for it. I just think they may be handling it in the wrong way. Uh, was that everything, Alo? Yep. Uh, so the last thing, this is not wrestling related, but Alo, I don't know if you saw, I got an alert during the show. DeAndre Ayton of the Phoenix Suns yeah, suspended it. 25 games. Uh, so I don't know if it was some banned substance or... Something like that, but yeah, twenty-five game suspension for the uh, second-year player out of the University of Arizona. You think Nate Diaz could make his WWE pay- debut? Nate Diaz is a guy I could see making the the jump. Although I don't, you know what? I don't think they'd sign him because I don't think they could control his language. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think he has any ability to not curse, and we know that they don't like that. Uh, all right, well, I guess that is a show. I hope oh. you go- – oh, go ahead, Alo. You, you, t- you said you want to tell me what you thought of 90210. Oh, yeah. So loved the episode uh, – or I loved the season. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed that it was very meta. Like it was not – it was not the actual reboot of 90210. It was a show about the reboot of 90210. Loved that. Loved everyone playing a caricature of themselves. And – as if it could not be any more perfect that <laughs> they end up going head-to-head in the finale with the OC, <laughs> arguably my favorite teen drama of all time. I've talked about it on this show before. Thought it was hilarious that they even brought up Misha Barton by name. 
you know, possibly signing on to do the show, even though her character on the show died, which is amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I really loved it. And, you know, we got some some closure on some things, and we had reasons to, to want to tune in for a new season. So hopefully we get a season two of BH90210. I, I maybe should have rewatched it so I could have given some more, like, specific detail. But how about the ending of, okay, we're not filming in California. We're going to form in New Zealand. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's no peach pit and stuff like that. <laughs> and we can't keep all of you. Yeah. Perfect. So, so not not the entire cast going to be involved. I'm, I'm really curious to see where they go. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it, was, it was a good, like... Like, um, like a disposable time. Yeah. Like, like I can just sit down, not really think about it, and just kind of laugh and enjoy myself. Yeah, I, I couldn't stop laughing because after everything that Tori went through to get everybody together, they can't keep everybody. Right. Like, it, it's absolutely perfect. The it is perfect not going to be. Way to close that and out. it's not going to be filmed in 90210. Yeah, which is even better. Uh, yeah, I look forward to the next season. I thought it was a lot of fun. We will be back next week with hopefully a double review of Total Divas because I know neither one of us got a chance to watch it. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back on track with our Total Divas feedback. <laughs> Me too. Uh, Alo, would you like to move some merch? Yes. What a move on that to embrace the madness. All right, so that is the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Next week, maybe we will have a little bit more substance, although I think we did a pretty good job this week, all things considered. Uh, for Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, the now forever, C.K. and Joe Rodermill. Woohoo! For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr., and we will see you next week. Got them now, put them down right now, hit them with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my ball, shut the mission, man. It ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.